Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessing everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John. We're in the 10th chapter right now. But remember, as I've mentioned in the previous episode or two, uh, there's no division between the ninth and the 10th chapter. As we're coming out of what we call the ninth chapter, Jesus had just gone and sought out the blind man that he had healed. The blind man, which is sort of interesting, we call him the blind man because he's now the sight man, you know, but he will always and forever be referred to as the man that was blind. The operative phrase being was, right? And so Jesus seeks him out. He had just been kicked out of the synagogue, excommunicated, literally, kicked out of life, out of Judaism, out of all that that entailed. They sent him away. Jesus went and sought him. And it's a picture of what Jesus is about to speak to all the people gathered around, particularly to the religious rulers, of how he is the great shepherd. These shepherds here, the ones that were supposed to be leading these folks, uh, literally kicked one that had been infirmed but was now healed, literally kicked him out. Jesus goes and finds him, and he says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man says, Well, who is he? Tell me who he is because I want to believe. And Jesus says, It's me. And the man bows down before him and worships him. Well, some of the religious rulers, the Pharisees, saw this happening. And so Jesus had said to this man, you know, I've come to judge, and I've come to judge those who are blind. They'll see now, but those who think they see are going to be blind. And so they knew, the Pharisees knew that Jesus was referring to them, and they said, we're not blind, are we? And he basically says, well, because you continue to believe that you see, you are blind. In other words, because you believe that you are correct, and you do not believe me, you are blind. Well, Jesus continues talking, and that's John Chapter 10, verse 1. So the conversation just flows. Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheep of the fold, <laughs> to the fold of the sheep, so that's sideways, didn't I? Into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up another way, he is a thief and a robber. So Jesus has given them an example that they would have known about. Uh, sometimes people call this a parable. It's not exactly a parable. He's just given an example about something, okay? Setting an example that they would have known. And he's saying this, you know how the sheep are gathered together, and they're gathered together in the fold, and they're kept in a pen in a fold. And quite often there might have been four or five separate groups of sheep or flocks of sheep that would have spent a night together in the fold. And it would have been a, a walled area with a gate. And the only way into it would be the gate unless someone was a thief and a robber. Then they would climb up another way over the wall to attempt to steal them. So that's what Jesus is painting here. He continues, verse 2, But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Now, if you wanted to get more detail on this, boy, there's been more things written about this than you could imagine. And it's useful, okay. It's useful to sort of know what was happening. Uh, someone would be given the responsibility of guarding that gate, and we'll learn more about them in just a moment, uh, guarding that gate. It might even be one of the shepherds. So let's say there's five uh, flocks in there that are spending the night. One of the shepherds might agree to guard that gate and literally lay in front of the gate and sleep that night to guard the sheep. Well, when the other shepherds would come in the morning, 
only those who were the true shepherds would be given access to that gate. When they came in, they would whistle or they would cry out with their voice, and their sheep would know their master, their shepherd's voice, and go with him. I mean, it's a beautiful picture of how we are uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the Most High God. Now, it's sort of interesting because a lot of times people want to paint it that uh, they'll say, well, sheep are the dumbest animals in the world. I understand what they mean by that, but they've never encountered a chicken, okay? But the sheep are not very bright. There's no doubt. And sheep will follow their master. And sheep really have to be tended and taken care of. Uh, they cannot take care of themselves. Uh, the shepherd has to watch over them when it comes to eating to make sure they eat the right thing. And if the pasture doesn't have any poisonous things, that they will drink the right thing, uh, that they will not be taken to drink by swiftly flowing water, for instance, this deep, because the sheep will just get caught up in that and will drown. Uh, sheep will literally graze off the end of a cliff and fall right over a cliff. So they are pretty dumb. And it's interesting that, that we as uh, humans are painted this way. But the Lord is painting a very, very vivid picture for us. So he says, the one who enters by the door is the shepherd. Now, verse 3, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out. So Jesus is you know, telling the story, explaining the story a little bit. And a lot of times people say, well, I wonder who the doorkeeper is. It must be John the Baptist. Well, probably, yeah. And who's the one that's the shepherd that the sheep hear? Jesus, well, yeah. But, you know, I'm not even worried about getting to that kind of detail yet. He's just setting up an example between the good shepherd and the bad shepherd. And let me tell you where he's going with this. He's going to show that these religious rulers have been bad shepherds. Okay? And he's going to show ultimately that he is the great shepherd. So verse 4, he continues. When he, and this is the shepherd, puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So a shepherd would lead the sheep, okay? Would lead the sheep, and the sheep would follow. Uh, sh sheep are real hard to drive, like you drive cattle, okay? They don't drive real well. It's not impossible, but they don't drive well. And there's really some uh, interesting things here related to us, even the church leadership. Far too many in church leadership seek to drive their body somewhere, to cast the vision, that's the big phrase, you know, and to drive them where they want to go. And that's not, not what true biblical leadership is. True biblical leadership is that you lead the people, and the people will follow because they know your voice. They follow because they know your lifestyle. And honestly, folks, this is rather rare within the kingdom of God of people that we know that we can follow because they speak the word of God, because they hear God, because they manifest the presence of God, because they live out the kingdom life as God is mandated within their life. In other words, they are the real deal. Okay? They're not just trying to manipulate the people. They're not trying to drive the people. They are doing what God calls them to do. They're leading, they're going, and the people follow because they are uh, leading in the way that God's designed it. It's pretty rare. So here he says this shepherd is going ahead of the sheep, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse number five, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. 
And so Jesus is communicating something here to them. He's saying something to them that is in the natural they knew that they have they had observed. It's a little unique for us because most of us are are not uh, around sheep a lot. And honestly, nowadays most of us are really not around an, an uh, agrarian society that much. I was raised on a farm, so I know a little bit about that kind of thing. Okay, but we never had sheep. But he says, they will not follow the voice of their stranger. Now, let me read this last verse right here. We'll pick it up next time. Verse 6, this figure of speech. And so the uh, New American Standard ESV uh, call it a figure of speech. The Lexham and the King James call it a parable. They call it a parable. But I sort of like that figure of speech a little better because of a lot of little details that I'm not going to get into. But this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them. But they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So he's saying this to them. He's telling them about this, but they didn't understand. Well, Jesus did not share things to not be understood. He would share something. He would come back and share it again a different way, say something else a different way, all trying to drive home the same point. And likewise, he'll do the same thing right here. For us today, just realize this. Jesus is laying out something right here, and he's saying something. He's saying that we are the sheep, okay? Who will be the we? Well, it may be just the world here to start with, okay? And that he is the great shepherd. But ultimately, when he gets down to it, those who believe are his sheep, and he is the great shepherd. That is something to rejoice in. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.